I see that many workers across regional New South Wales are unsure if they can come to work next Monday because the New South Wales government have failed to communicate clear instructions. The now ex-Deputy Premier apparently told Helen Dalton in a meeting last week that all staff in regional New South Wales would need to be fully vaccinated to attend their workplaces from October the 1st to the 1st of December. Uh, Helen raised her concerns about this along with other regional MPs because many people in regional New South Wales haven't had the chance to be fully vaxxed. Now on Sunday, the New South Wales government changed their directive saying staff in regional New South Wales could continue working on October the 11th, that's from next Monday, if they have had at least one dose of vaccination and a booking for a second appointment. But the rules, according to Helen Dalton, are still not clear in the state government's roadmap. Good morning to you, Helen. Good morning, Marcus. Well, you've who do you write to these days? I mean, things are changing <laughs> daily. Uh, no, Brad Hazard, was, who? Yeah, well, they're dropping like flies. There's no doubt about that. I did contact um, Brad Hazard's uh, office yesterday yep. and with a number of questions, and they haven't got back to me yet, but people are starting to get... Oh, business owners and everyone within um, my area are starting to get very concerned about this because it's very, very unclear about what's going to happen next week. Well, there is uncertainty. Uh, the questions that you raise, let's go through them. Can you confirm if all staff in all regional New South Wales businesses must be vaccinated with one dose and are booking for a second appointment to attend their workplaces from next Monday? Yes, well, it's. Um, I've had a lot of calls from people, farmers who have um, seasonal workers coming onto their properties, and um, and often they they're working alone. They're not with anyone. They're out in the paddock, and wondering how how this is all going to work. And um, also concerned about whether they, the employers, um, have to be the policemen and uh, go through everyone and um, just see what's going on. So. Uh, a lot of um, concern out in the bush about all of this. Well, what about for teachers? Teachers were previously told they had until the 8th of November to be fully vaccinated. It's now the case that all regional New South Wales teachers must have had at least one vaccination dose and an appointment for a second dose by next Monday in order to attend their school. That's right, a lot of concern. And, of course, we haven't had the vaccinations that we've needed. We, Of course, they took 40,000 doses from the bush of Pfizer, and so we're behind. There's no doubt about that. And I have a staffer in my office who's young um, and uh, wanted to get Pfizer, but um, there's been a lot of de- delays. Hopefully we'll catch up, but they'll. Um, it's almost a race um, to next week. Really, oh, it's not a race, Helen. It's not a race, remember. <laughs> no, well, it's it's a difficult time, yes, and I is. know. I'm just listening on the radio, the ABC radio, uh, just around here. <gasps> what? And talk, I know, I know. I should say that, but um, no, it's all right. But Daniloquin, um, their way, you know, their vaccination rates are, are very poor too. So yeah, um, and of course they've had an outbreak of COVID in the town and the hospital. So um, lots of things happening down there. So in a way, it's a it's a very um, you know, uncertain time for us. Well, I'm hoping to have uh, the new Premier Dominic Perrottet on the program, um, either 
tomorrow or Friday and I'll put these questions to him for my regional listeners. I mean, this is the, you know, this is the only regional talkback radio program that goes um, into uh, most regions of New South Wales and people need certainty, Helen. And, well, uh, we, we do. Need, ab- absolutely. And it's very ambiguous, the rules of just going through and, and a nightmare, a nightmare to actually enforce. So we, we need um, plain, simple English. We need sensible sensible um, sensible rules yes. just for the yeah for everyone because I know Sydney's uh, looking forward to you know coming out of lockdown mm-hmm. and and we're in a sense going back in because we haven't had the vaccination rates that we should have had well what did you make of the news this week um, obviously uh, you were um, no major fan of uh, the Nationals, including uh, the outgoing Deputy Premier. Uh, were you surprised by the resignation of John Barillaro? No, I wasn't. I've heard lots of different rumours and um, about him going. In fact, I did hear the other day that he was he was actually going to get in first before Gladys. So it was yes. there, there. There it was. <laughs> it was a race there. Yeah. But uh, he held off until um, was it Sunday and um, or Monday. Um, yeah, but he's been under a lot of pressure. I think he's neglected his job as um, for representing regional rural New South Wales. He's too too busy running after or trying to sue YouTube comedians mm. and taking his eye off the ball. And we need a change. I think change is good. And um, it'll be good for us. I think um, as we they'll bring on some by-elections, which um, may see a change in, in uh, how many numbers are in the government. So... Um, it's, it's good for us, and I'll bring up my water register bill again, yep. and I'll also bring in the ICAC um, funding um, bill that was knocked back by the Coalition, uh, I think, earlier this year. That's right. Um, before I get on to ICAC, uh, just on the leadership, Paul Toole uh, and your arch-nemesis, I guess, with respect, <laughs> are up for the leadership. Um, the Water Minister, Melinda Pavey, no love lost between the two of you over the issue of water, of course. Um, who are you expecting will be the leader of the Nationals and Deputy Premier by the end of their meeting today? Look, I think Paul Toole will probably be the Deputy Premier because he did step into the role um, when John Barillaro had some time off um, uh, late last year, I think. Uh, and um, he's the one, obviously, to take on the job. Melinda Pavey's got a big job with um, water and housing and property, and I hope that they do decide to have a bit of a reshuffle on some of these portfolios and and separate housing from water because the job is just far too big. Um, Melinda Pavey struggles with all those jobs. Um, she's got a huge uh, amount of work to do. We know that housing also across the state is in crisis. So it seems that um, they need to have a dedicated person to look at um, housing um, and a dedicated person to really concentrate on water yeah. Um, because um, the job across those uh, areas has not been done properly. Well, uh, and if they continue uh, to turn their back, as you claim the Nationals do on regional Australia, well, then that will open up then even more opportunities for uh, the shooters and fishers and farmers and other independents to, to really get a foothold because I can't... Uh, look, I can't really say with hand on heart, that the Nationals have had the best interest of regional New South Wales at the forefront for quite some time now. Hopefully, uh, this might change under Paul Toole. Look, I think the Bush uh, are really speaking out now, um, and um, 
they they're demanding that we we bridge the gap between the city folk and and the country, and that's with health and um, infrastructure and um, digital connectivity, all of those things that we've been crying out for. I hope Paul Tool is listening. Um, we've certainly been um, uh, corresponding with him and and everyone about what we need to bring us up to speed with everybody else. And uh, we need our fair share, and um, I'm going to make sure that we get our fair share. All right. Now, uh, Barnaby Joyce and the Independent Commission Against Corruption, he referred to the current situation as little more than a Spanish Inquisition. Look, in fairness, there have been many people, including Margaret Keneen, who have effectively been wronged by ICAC. We need an independent commission against corruption. Should there be perhaps a few tweaks? Maybe. Uh, There's an argument for that. Uh, But just to come outright and say, oh, you know, we should be scrapping or just overhauling the entire corruption body uh, that's supposed to oversee politicians, I mean, I don't think that's the right way to go, Helen. No, we need... We certainly need a... um, a ITAC or something very similar and a few tweaks might might uh, fix the job, but it also needs to be independently funded and separated from Premier and Cabinet. And at the moment, Premier and Cabinet can... Or the Premier could have just, and she has done, reduced funding. So they uh, are knocking back um, some of the requests for investigations. I know I've almost... almost my favourite pen pal when I'm writing to them and I'm saying, we should be looking at this, here's some evidence, and they come back and say... Oh, nothing to see here. Yeah. But it's all about it's all about being resourced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a lot of work to do because there's a lot of things that um, that are that are not right. Um, and um, I think that um, we certainly need to to really strengthen ICAC in a way and yeah. make sure that the funding is there regardless of who's premier and who's not. Yep, absolutely. Um, Not only should it be an independent commission against corruption, it should also be fully independently funded. Yep, well said. All right, Helen. Absolutely.